back to the Wandering Berry Center podcast. I'm Brian. Over there's Alex. Hey. That was an extremely NPR style opening with the soft voice and everything. <laughs> Hi, I'm Brian. Over there's my pal Alex and uh, <laughs> we're going to have ourselves a mellow time. That's right. <laughs> As Extreme. I take a sip of tea. That's right. <laughs> So maybe what it's actually of, accurate. What kind of tea? Um, it's Bluebird. Uh, so for anybody listening that's in, uh, interested in tea, um, Bluebird tea is in the UK. No sponsor. Um, and they they have like uh, really interesting flavors. They're like artisan teas, I guess. They kind of like craft them. and It's not like just buying green tea from this place. It's, you know... They get pretty wild with it. They get pretty um, wild with it, but in a good way. Um, so this one is called, <laughs> in a good way, and then I'm about to call this one Blueberry Pancake is what it's called. Um, and when I got that in the mail, I was a little skeptical. Um, Rightly so, because they're maple pancake. Mm-hmm. Uh, no bueno, yeah. personally. Yeah, it was actually quite well, disgusting. I yeah, I mean, it's hit or miss. And right now I'm on a um, a monthly, like, they send you four of whatever or three bags of whatever um, they choose. So that one showed up and definitely was a little skeptical, but it's grown on me quite a bit. It doesn't. T- it has like a blueberry flavor, but I feel like the pancake part is definitely. Um, that's a really weird. That's a novelty. Go- that's a really weird goal for a tea to have. Like I want to taste like pancakes. Yeah, they all. See- a lot of them seem to be that way. Like aspiring to be foods um but you gotta you gotta carve out your own hey that's their their niche and yeah i mean they could have just called it blueberry and said okay it's good then it would have been just like every other blueberry shit on the market right can't have that no but anyway that's what i'm drinking so right on but i'm towards the end of the tea and the new one has shipped, but it's not here yet. So I'm like in that time where you're, you know, <laughs> double, maybe sometimes triple brewing the same batch of leaves. So this is the second. Oh, cup like you've be. run out and you need more. Um, I'm running out. Yeah. Like I probably yeah, have yeah. two cups worth of leaves left of the last bag. So I always imagined things like blue rate. Well, maybe not so much blue apron, but those subscription services, like mm-hmm. I can imagine it like piling up where you're just like, I got all this fucking tea and I don't. Yeah. Yeah, this so far the tea is the other way around, but I could definitely see that happening. Or like, there's one I've been interested in. Uh, I think it's called Butcher Box. You yeah, get, the you meat, get the meat, meat one. The, yeah, which sounds great, and you can. I think it's if you're willing to pay for like grass fed, it's it's pretty good as far as prices go. But yeah, I could see that getting out of hand. Anyway, yeah, those <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't messed with any of those yet. But yeah, no, me moving either. on. All right, so I'm going to get started here. Let's do it. And I wanted to do something fun. Okay. Um, I, I chose a fun topic, too, actually. Oh, I hope it was a fun, yeah. Perfect. Um, okay, so at least at the time of recording, the Olympics are going on. Yep. So I haven't really watched that much, but, nope. you know, just some highlights here and there. But I was hearing something on the radio, probably NPR, um, <laughs> <laughs> about it. And it got me thinking there must be... Um, you know, some conspiracies or something regarding the Olympics. There just Ooh. has to be. 
could. Um, yes, yes, yes. Well, and maybe with more digging, I could have found, you know, conspiracy specifically. But where I ended up was, um, like, just controversial things that have happened over time with the Olympics. Okay. Um, which led me down a funny path. And I'm actually going to start with the second one that I found. I've got three three examples here that I picked out. I'm going to start with number two because number one is just so delightful that I want to save it for last. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so this first, this first one's weird, actually. It was weirder when it was number two, but... Or, I mean, it made more sense when it was number two, but... This woman, Stella Walsh. Wait, 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 wait. Sorry. Are we, we're hearing your first. We're hearing the second one that I looked okay, up okay. because I want to All save right. number one. They're not rest- okay. necessarily connected, but. I got confused by your last statement. Go ahead. Sorry. Um, okay. So she uh, is like a sprinter. Um, so she's in, competing in the summer games in 1936. Um, and she's won in the Olympics before this point, I guess. So she's fairly well-known athlete. Um, so she's got a rival in the hundred meter dash and in the 1936 games, she lost to her rival. So she, I guess is upset by this naturally. Yep. Um, so she has enough supporters and she's well known enough that her supporters wanted to have her rival, uh, Helen Stevens examined to make sure that she wasn't a man. Because she beat oh, her. Shit. Yeah. Okay. So her supporters are like, hey, you're a little too fast. I was going to say, and I assume there's precedent here. And like, uh, I guess so. I didn't get the times on these or by how much she wrecked Stella Walsh, but her, uh, um, her supporters, fans were upset. they were upset. They wanted to have okay. her checked out. Okay. Um, so I don't think anything really ever came of that. You know, it turns out that. Helen Stevens wasn't a man. She was just faster. Um, (laughs) So then we fast forward to 1980. Stella Walsh was shot to death in a, yeah, in a parking lot. She was doing like some shopping or whatever. She's somewhere. She's old at this point. 1980, she's killed. They do an autopsy, (laughs) an autopsy on her body. And they find out that she has a Y chromosome technically making her an intersex person whoa so the person who lost and whose fans were upset ultimately you could make the argument was a man whoa (laughs) or at least closer to a man than helen stevens was why was she shot to death um, I think she was like it was like a wrong place at the wrong time type situation. So uh, not not because she Mm-mm. accused no, or at no, least no, her no, fans no. accused. I think okay. actually um, she she was in a mall and there was a robbery going on. I believe is what it was. And yeah, so she was kind of just in the wrong place at the wrong time. But she was. But this was 1980 at that point. She was pretty old. I would yeah, say. Let's yeah. say she was, you know, 18 in 1936. So, well, I guess what are the question I was going to ask? If mm-hmm. maybe you don't, you probably don't have the answer. Was, I mean, did you see what this woman looked like? I did. That was my. <laughs> okay. <that> was my... <laughs> I'm okay. glad you asked. <laughs> I wish we had a way to show pictures, but if you look her up, I mean, I'm not saying that if I didn't read all this <laughs> first. <laughs> 
I would have been like, that's a man. But knowing this and looking at the pictures and you're looking at her and Throw yeah, that name I mean, at me one more time. Uh, Stella Walsh. At I least, mean, we shouldn't be laughing too much because, uh, you know, someone I was mean, shot. Oh, boy. Oh yeah, boy. but the whole situation is just so horribly ironic. And then you look at the pictures, and I'm not saying she wasn't a great athlete or whatever. I have no idea. I didn't watch the race or anything. but She definitely has some manly features. Yeah, um, the jawline, right? The jawline is, is what I was going to say. Yeah, she yeah. had a very strong jaw. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, definitely shouldn't be laughing. Maybe that's a little insensitive, but that one that one kind of made my jaw hit the desk a little bit when I was reading. Yeah, about that's it. crazy. Oh, and I'm looking at <laughs> Helen Stevens too. Oh yeah. Oh, I mean, I can, I can see where both <laughs> parties were coming from. Actually, not to be too insensitive. Are we sure this is isn't a time before? Modern uh, aesthetics. Aesthetics, yeah. No, they just I'm look not sure old at this point. Yeah, I'm not sure of that. Damn, that's crazy though. I wonder. Is, isn't it wild? That is really wild and happenstance because like she probably wouldn't have had an op- autopsy if not. Yeah, it could have gone completely. You know, she had just died passed. of natural causes. Yep. Yeah, so like I'm looking at a picture of the two of them shaking hands, and I've seen this picture before when I was reading about this. And I, I mean, yeah, Helen Stevens, she's got you know some features herself, and she's a runner, so whatever. She's got some muscle tone and stuff, but like the jawline specifically to me is like something that that catches my eye in these pictures. There's um not to digress too far, but there's a there's a fighter in the UFC blanking on the name uh goodness anyway previously a man had a sex change operation and hormone therapy and what have you uh and at first didn't tell anyone and was just murdering women in the female league like i don't think it actually killed any of them but i mean no contest it just wasn't fair um goodness uh but did they know not at first. They not do now. First. Yeah. Okay. Not at first. Uh, Interesting. I think Joe Rogan's talked about her a number of times. Mm. Um, that's where I know it from. But uh, that's dedication so, to the sport, man. Yeah, well, <laughs> yes and no. It's also kind of cheating in a lot of ways. Yeah, no, because it if, is. If you know. Or I guess it could without, be seen as cheating. I'm not sure, but yeah. Without going too far into it, it's like. You know, there are, there are just biological differences between men and women. Oh, and can't. for you to get a change and go fight women when you used to be a man is basically like, I don't know, take, it's, I don't know. It's, it's not definitely fair. It doesn't, suspicious. It doesn't seem fair. You can't, you can't ignore that. Nope. That's crazy. <laughs> All right. So, um, third neck- one. Yeah, my next one here should be the third one that I that I found quite fun. Um, so her name, the athlete, uh, and similar. Actually, I'm just realizing now all three of my examples are from like track and field or, you know, those types of events. Which Maybe that's all are, well, I was going to say, which are sort of 
uh, or at least are in the category of some of the most traditional, you know, right. If you go, if you go all the way back to, to ancient mm-hmm. Greece, they didn't have curling. They didn't have, uh, some of these more skiing. advanced. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They had track and field. They, they didn't have wrestling. They had fights. Ski jumping. Ski jumping. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think, I don't think any winter Olympic, right? Yeah, what? Uh, you'd probably be safe in saying that probably no winter Olympics existed until, I don't know, I'm going to say like 1800 or something like that. Like yeah, curling, I, mean, I could see showing up. I have no idea. Than, yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, I'm not sure when the first one was. 1924, it looks like. Okay, anyway, number three. This lady's name, she's from Puerto Rico, and I'll probably pronounce this poorly, Madeline de Jesus. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right, so she, like I said, she's a track and field athlete. This is in 1984. So she injures herself uh, during the long jump, during you know, okay. the competition. And her next event that she was going to take place in uh, was a 4 by 400 relay. Okay. She hurts herself. She can't run it. Turns out <laughs> she has a twin sister who is in the audience. Oh, no. <laughs> her name is Margaret. <laughs> so Madeline has Margaret run the qualifying for her. And the most amazing part, is that the team advances with Margaret running in place as Madeline. Say, <laughs> I was hoping you would say she kills it. Like <laughs> that's the thing is okay. She does she does just she, fine. She does fine. Like Margaret's there. She's in the audience. She's ready for this. Right? You don't just happen to have your twin sister also be good enough. Oh. I mean, I don't know. Like I guess so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I, I guess that you from the devil's advocate point of view, maybe they train together and Margaret it was always like, Yeah, I mean, I like running and whatnot, so I'll train with you, but you're the you know I'm not really that interested in the Olympics. Right. But But either way, it, she I shape, mean when, shaping up to be fishy. when duty called, Margaret responded and she got in there and <laughs> Yeah, the team advanced. So um, I would imagine this is like, if you had a twin, this is like a dream, right? Pull something like this off. Or at least I remember in school as someone without a twin, you're always like, oh, my twin could totally go do this class for me or do my <laughs> homework for me or do all this stuff. Right? Like you imagine. Yeah. Trading, like a servant. Trading. But <laughs> 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 the more powerful twin enslaves the less powerful one. Right. Right. Well, I would just imagine you'd always scheme about replacing each other in various no, situations. I, def- I definitely did the same thing. Yeah. Um, so I guess the, the head coach finds out and has to pull the team um, ahead of the actual race because this was the qualifying that she had. So I'm not really sure what, you know, Madeline's plan was here. Like how long is qualifying from the actual race? Like was Margaret going to run that too or, or what's the deal i would think so right i guess margaret she just takes gonna, over completely that's that's 
if she's too injured to run in the qualifying, at best, the actual race is, what, a couple of days away? Yeah, I'm not sure, but at most, yeah, I would imagine. Yep, yep. Especially because so she already, I would guess she already competed for the other thing, so, like, this is all going on. It's not, like, some pre-qualifier. Right. Um, and then what? Let's say, hypothetically, Margaret and the other three in the relay kick ass and win. Is Madeline just like, fuck you, get out of the way. It's my medal now. It's my medal. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't be here if it weren't for me. Nor could she sit in the stands and watch, really. Nope. Well, I guess I guess people know that she has a twin sister, so they would just assume that that twin sister in the crowd is, in fact, Margaret. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, so that... that um... So they never raced. The the guy found out and nope, they pulled he, it. No, he pulled the team because of that. So what a dick. You know. Well, I mean, <laughs> actually, he had integrity. So yeah, Madeline's really fucked it up for everybody else. I'm sure the other three people on that relay team were pretty pissed off. Um, but all things considered, I thought that one was kind of charming. Still pretty impressive. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to jump back in time here to the first one I looked up. All right. Um, Okay, so the real reason I started here is because I learned about a guy named Frederick Lors. L-O-R-Z is how you spell his last name. So this is in the 1904 Summer Olympics. (laughs) So... He's, again, he's a marathon runner. So a marathon, for anybody not familiar, is like 26 miles, I believe. Um, yeah, 26, 27. All right, so he's okay. he's running this race. Nine, nine miles in, Frederick Lors um, becomes exhausted, I guess. So he <laughs> hitches a ride with his managers for the last, can't even say last because it's the second, it's more than half the race, the next 11 miles of the race, he rides in his manager's car, which breaks down somewhere short of the finish line. So let's say he rides 10.95 miles, car breaks down, just stroke (laughs) of luck. He gets out and he runs across the finish line and is declared the winner. What? Yep. So, I mean, let's think about 1904 here. There's seemingly no way to track, um, you know, during the race. It's 26 miles. They probably don't have a whole lot in between the start and the finish line, I guess. You know, they probably have some spotters here and there. But if you do it right, those spotters aren't really going to be looking out for someone in a car that should be racing. Probably not. That's probably not what they expected. Right. Because cars, remember, are also pretty new at this cars point. Cars are pretty new in 1904. And if anything, they're going to be distracted by the fact that there's a freaking car. Right. They'll be like, like, oh, shit. That's why are you on the racetrack? Um, yeah. So, so that's um, pretty amazing that they declared him the winner. But then he must have felt bad or something because he admitted <laughs> to it being a joke um, after the oh, fact. Okay. So okay. I don't know how long he he let that ride. 
from my yeah. reading. It didn't see, sound like too long. I was going to say, there's like a golden zone of like a couple hours where the joke is really funny because right. you won and all that. But if you let that go longer than like a day, people are going to wonder why it took you so long. You either shut up and stay quiet mm-hmm. right, or you, or you tell someone. Right. Um, so this you, guy, if you, if you told people after like two weeks, they'd be like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, that's a weird amount of time, man. Like we just slightly got over it. You were now conflicted for two weeks about your blatant <laughs> cheating. Like, I mean, 11 out of the 26 miles. <laughs> I, I wonder what his finish time, his finish time versus like other people's was like, did he win by like a half an hour? Yeah. Like how do you, yeah, I'm not sure. Well, I don't even know what the relative times are, but like, well, that's actually interesting. You brought that up. Cause I went on a little tangent here on my own. Um, this guy, Frederick Lors, went on to win the Boston Marathon the next year. Okay. So he So he's a, he's an accomplished guy. He's not Yeah, that's the thing. He's not just some schmuck. Like I think he he must have legitimately like became unable to finish his race after 9 miles for whatever reason. Um mm-hmm. So he finishes the Boston Marathon the next year in 2 min, 2 hours, 38 minutes, 25 seconds. So that got me thinking kind of like What's today's? What's today? Because athletes progress. So the first record for a marathon that you know was re- it was just the first thing recorded, I guess, for this type of race. Nineteen oh eight, an American person ran it in two hours fifty five minutes and eighteen seconds. Okay. So pretty big difference there. But yeah. his time was what? Sorry, two thirty eight twenty five. So okay. 1908, it was 250. Well, wait a minute. That doesn't line up with everything going on here. Maybe the Boston Marathon wasn't the next year because if he ran that in 238 in the Summer Olympics, were in 1904, that would say that it was 1905. But this 1908 record is 255. So something's messed up with these years. But either way. Either way, the first record that we have is 255.18. His Boston Marathon time was 238.25. And the current record set in 2014 by a man named Kenneth Kimeto, Dennis Kimeto from Kenya, set it in two hours, two minutes, 57 seconds. So crushing it. And if you look at like the records over time, it's like, you know, um, the last couple of records set, you know, were a matter of seconds between, whereas at the beginning it was, it was minutes. So, right. Um, right. So we're, we're sort we're of leveling approaching. Off. Yeah. Yep. We're approaching zero or right. not zero, but, uh, peak, peak marathon. Right. Huh. Um, yeah. So that was kind of interesting to figure out. All right. So. <laughs> Got in the car and fucking. Yeah, dude. Now. So that's where this whole thing started. But then I started, for whatever reason, reading more about this race because I wanted to know what the hell were all the other um, people in the race doing? Were they, you know, they didn't notice him get in the car? Like, yeah. What were the others? If this was happening in this race, there probably maybe was some other sketchy things happening. Um, And basically, it turns out that the 1904 Summer Olympics marathon was a fucking disaster overall because the guy who was deemed the winner, Thomas Hicks, 
he tried to quit 10 miles from the finish line. <laughs> so he was tired. Okay. So your top two runners made it less than halfway and are like, fuck this. I'm giving up. So wow. the difference in managers. Yeah. I mean, that would never happen. Today you have people running ultra and hyper and super marathons, whatever, you know, 200 plus miles. Dude, there was a 200 mile race out here in Colorado through the fucking desert. Dude, it's absurd what people are doing long distance running. And these guys are like in the Olympics running 10 miles and wanting to quit. So anyway, <laughs> listen, this is the difference between... <laughs> So Frederick Lohr's managers are like, all right, you're hurt. You're tired. Get in my car. We're going to finish this thing. <laughs> These guys, Thomas Hicks, his team, he tries to quit 10 miles out. His team gives him rat poison, which what? in <laughs> apparently, at least in 1904, the uh, state of the art was if you <laughs> if you, stimulants. Yeah, dude. If you give it in small doses, apparently it stimulates the nerves. Um, yeah, because they think you're about to die. Well, apparently he hallucinated his way across the finish line for the next 10 miles. And wow. his team literally carried him in arms across the line. And he was like shuffling his feet out of courtesy <laughs> while being high as hell and probably on feeling like poison. dick Yeah, on rat poison, dude. And... Like I said, he was the winner. So they, the Olympic Committee, whoever's judging these things, deemed that acceptable. That this athlete was poisoned to make it more than half the race and carried across the finish line and he wins. That's ridiculous. Isn't that crazy? Like, if that shit happened today, just no. Yeah, just it, w- yeah no. it just wouldn't. Just wouldn't. Can you? Yeah, can you imagine the headline, like, uh, what is it? Usain Bolt, high on rat poison. Right. Like, you're like no, why? Not, there's other. Happen. First of all, there's better drugs you could be doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you're gonna cheat, do better. <laughs> At least take care of yourself. Yeah. Well, wait. Now, wait a second. Yeah. Well, I, I guess rat poison was probably handy or on hand. Yeah, I, uh, I was gonna say they definitely knew about meth back then. Yeah. Well, so they said Hitler, they. He, not they that didn't Hitler just was give around. Him, yeah, they didn't just give him, like, one hit of rat poison. I guess they were, like, giving him little hits here and there. Like, maybe every mile, they were like, all right, yo. We're going to time Tom, to re-up. Tom, another bump. Tom, another bump. <laughs> oh, that sounds awful. Oh, my God, the poor guy. That sounds absolutely awful. All right, so there's more chaos. <laughs> Someone legitimately came very close to dying because they were inhaling dust from a bunch of cars driving by on the track, I guess. They were they're just running on the road, which is dirt, um, presumably, and all the dust and stuff from the cars driving by, somebody almost died. So there's that. But the crown jewel of this whole thing, in my opinion, is this hero from Cuba named... <laughs> And I'm probably going to pronounce it wrong. Adrian Carv- Carvajal? Carvajal? C-A-R-V-A-J-A-L. All right. I don't know. So it doesn't matter. But you should look this guy up because he shows up to the Olympics. This is the Olympics, man. It's not like 1904 is the first year, right? This has been going on. 
Um, he shows up last minute and <laughs> the race is in St. Louis, I guess in this year, he lost. Missouri? Yeah. That's what it said. Okay. He okay. lost all his money in new Orleans the night before the day before, like sometime before the race, he was in new Orleans <laughs> and lost his money. Okay. Don't know how let's assume he gambled it away. Something like that. Maybe. Um, so he shows up last minute in street clothes and decides he's going to run the race in his street clothes and to be more professional, I guess he cut his pants to look like shorts, (laughs) his like slacks or whatever. (laughs) So he's got like, and you can go see a picture of what he looks like. I'm looking at it right now. Hit me that, that name again. Okay. A N D A R I N. Yeah, Adrian. Uh, C-A-R-V-A-J-A-L. And just go Carvajal. look. Carvajal? Carvajal. Yeah, that's probably better. Uh, That's an actor. Adrian Carvajal? A-N-D-A-R-I-N. It's not oh, Adrian. Andrew. It's Andarin. Oh, yeah, yeah. Andarin. Can't read my own handwriting. Um, yeah, so the first picture on Wikipedia is him at this race. And it's glorious. The one of him just standing there? (laughs) So those are his regular pants cut. He's wearing his regular shoes. And he's just got a number taped to him. Yep. Still got his hat on. (laughs) Um, And an awesome mustache. Yeah, killer mustache. Okay, so this guy... Listen to how his race went. So you got, you know, our first guy, he rides in the car. Second guy, rat poisoned. This, this is all the same. This is all the same race. All the same race. Okay. This, this motherfucker in his street clothes, in his fake shorts, he, <laughs> he's so poor because he lost all his money. He hasn't eaten for 40 hours. So he's intermittent fasting like a pro at this point. <laughs> he still races. He talks to spectators along the way. He found some peaches and ate those. And then he also found an apple orchard and decided to stop and eat some apples, which turned out to be rotten. Um, which yeah. is actually can be super bad. Yeah, so he gets sick. This is yep. all during the race. Took a fucking nap and finished fourth place. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Dude, what was fifth place doing? <laughs> You're kidding. Fourth place took a nap. He took, he talked to people. He ate two types of fruit. One of which was bad. (laughs) Had time to vomit one of those up, presumably. Sleep it off. Finished fourth place. Here's a picture of him actually running the race, too. Unfreaking believable, this guy. He is a hero to the human race. (laughs) And, well, unfortunately, fourth place, maybe not. Uh, I was hoping there was a purse for him. Hopefully he got some money out of this. Dude. I hope he did. He deserved it. I don't know, but think about like how well this guy would have done if he showed up well-fed, presumably maybe some money. Maybe had done a marathon once before. Right. Had proper <laughs> shoes and attire. Didn't yeah, get he sick. Yeah, he would have crushed, crushed it. it. Totally. He would have crushed it. This guy with all odds against him finishes fourth place. Amazing. <laughs> I, like, I want to get this picture framed as a poster because this guy is so cool. 
That is pretty great. <laughs> Carvajal, you glorious bastard. <laughs> yeah, so that um that was a lot of fun reading about his story. And the the name Andarin, that's pretty dope. Yeah, I wish I got that right the first time. I, I butchered that whole name pretty bad, but I couldn't that's read my own writing. Did I? Oh, I did. That was stupid. Um, I had wrote down. So, I imagine the guy driving that first gentleman. Mm-hmm. He's driving the car, and he gets in, and he's like, oh, shit, I'm in a race now. What would it be like if we just race the cars rather than the people? <laughs> but then he was like, well, one, the Olympics don't have don't have any racing of that nature and it's pretty expensive so let's just use the the lawnmower instead <laughs> uh of course they didn't have ride-on lawnmowers uh at that particular point but Probably i needed not. something so my my topic is um crazy types of racing um okay. so i see what you're doing now it's no no secret that both you and I are, are big fans of racing in general. Um, but so a couple of these I picked out are just people being bored or people looking at current types of racing and not uh, uh, not being able to get in basically because it's too expensive. The other the other segue I was thinking of was the guy the guy mowing the lawns. Uh, in the middle of the track and field, watching all the Olympic runners do their thing, <laughs> um, was dude. I, I mean, I bet was was jealous when Anderin freaking naps under the apple tree, puking his brains out. Lawnmower guy kind of just bumps into him <laughs> and is like, "Hey, man, race is still on." So the first one that I pulled out. Uh, which sort of seeded seeded the topic here. Uh, so you have normal motocross racing, right? Uh, mm-hmm. People going over jumps. They're using dirt bikes. Then I guess somebody thought, well, what if we put a sidecar onto the motocross bike and just do that? Nothing else changed. Nothing, pretty much. Nope. Really? Still jumps. Still, still jumping. Dirt. Still jumps, still dirt, still starting Whoa. behind the, still starting behind the gates with the, you know, the gates that fall backwards and all that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I had no idea this existed, <laughs> dude. So I saw a video of it. There's videos on YouTube. Uh, I just couldn't believe that somebody thought it was a good idea to attach a sidecar to a motocross bike and okay. then change nothing else about the race. Basically, is somebody in the sidecar? Absolutely. Fuck yeah. And they are moving around in an effort to. Uh, you know, change the center of gravity yeah, of the sure. bike so that they can go around corners better mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. you can't lean anymore. So you gotta you gotta turn some other way, dude. What is this called? Uh, <laughs> sidecar cross. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> uh, Belgium has the oldest national championship. How old? 1951. Wow, older than I thought. Pretty fucking really? old, right? Damn. So yeah, Belgium is OG. Uh, it is not popular in the U.S. <laughs> you don't say, <laughs> dude. How? 
your risk for injury must be incredibly uh, high compared to. Yes and no. Uh, I think traditional motocross racing is pretty dangerous, especially should you fall, because a lot of people yeah. fall. Yeah, a lot of people right. fall after a jump, right? So mm-hmm. all these other people are also landing all around them. Mm-hmm. Super dangerous. Yeah, I guess I was kind of thinking about that person in the sidecar. Is it at like a different level than ever? Like than the riders no, themselves? Not, like not really. Or not really. No. Okay. No, it's pretty uniform. Uh, and also the racing, interestingly enough, is far slower than you probably would like, in my hmm. opinion. Actually, the sidecars—they're not very adept at going around. <laughs> They're not very you, good you, at doing this in general. You could say they weren't really designed for this. You could say that. Um, so the rules for this uh, are really just the FIM motocross, like standard motocross rule book with a couple of addendums for sidecars. Holy which crap. I'm looking really at tells you that they are, yeah, yeah. Which really tells you it really is just a motocross race with a sidecar. <laughs> And nobody sells this, so everyone buys like a KTM or whatever, and then they yeah. just tack on a, you know, they build and tack on a sidecar. Yeah, right. Dude, um, what? So I have some thoughts. I watched some footage. Uh, dude, there's these guys are hanging off. They're not just leaning, yeah. dude. They are. So, yeah, I, I, I was going to say, so traditional, well, maybe not traditional, but uh, sort of modern sidecar racing uh. on the roads, you see people, like the, the sidecar guys will put their heads in the grass. Yeah. Like they will lean off this thing as far as possible in order to change the gra- center of gravity as much as possible so that you can corner as hard Dude. as possible. So modern sidecar racing on the roads is actually pretty sweet. It's, okay. it's, very, it's very dynamic. It's got a lot to look at. Yeah. And they try to replicate that in the sidecar cross, and they do, but I just I just felt like it was pretty slow. Okay. Overall. So they're not um, getting not, the type of error that you're you're getting from a standard. For a the typical... most part, for the most part, no. Yeah. Because uh, you got what you got another hundred and fifty pound passenger. Yeah. And you've you've got let's say a hundred pounds a sidecar. And for the most part, the engines are untouched. Dude, this is crazy. It's crazy. It's absolutely bonkers. <laughs> the team aspect of it, though, is pretty cool. It is. Yeah. The sidecar parts of it, you know, the, the one guy's got to know when to lean, yeah. when to stay to the inside. Uh, I'm sure there's nuances to how the the jumps are handled. Mm-hmm. Um I was curious. I didn't. I couldn't. Didn't have enough time to look. I wanted to see if the third wheel had any sort of suspension on it. I oh. didn't think it. I didn't think it did. Doesn't really look like it from. It didn't. I didn't think it did. Uh, one thing I noticed in some of the footage, uh, there appears to be no regulation as to which side the sidecar is on. Oh, so I saw sidecars on. Yeah, both sides. Um. The the. I mean, they're using a metal pull think of like the thing you would use i don't know the proper name the thing you would use to pull a boat towards the dock if you kind of screw up your docking a little bit or need help you know getting it close yep this metal yeah they're using like a leverage piece yeah that they're just hanging off of with you know they're grabbing onto that which is attached somewhere near or is it attached to the driver 
Uh, it's probably attached to the frame of the bike. I would imagine. It just every picture I'm looking at, it looks like it's attached to the driver. But I think you're right. It's attached to the frame of the bike. Damn that! Oh yeah, there's a better picture. That is wild, man. <laughs> so then the final uh, note I had from watching the footage was um, these things really destroy the racetrack that they're on. Uh-oh. Like part of the deal with motocross racing is that the, the the line and the track develops over the race. Yeah, right. But it develops in a mostly positive way. Uh, you know, you get ruts forming, which can get out of hand, but ultimately the ruts can help you steer and, and all that. These things just eat up the track. That third wheel and the extra weight just mm-hmm, mm-hmm. destroys it. Like, yeah. so I, I, I saw one scene where, like, it was kind of wet, and some sidecars were, like, struggling to even make it through. Especially if you, um, you know, if you don't have <clears throat> consistency between which side the car is on, you're going to have, you know, the bike... I don't know. It's not not everybody's traveling through the same path consistently, right? So then the so that's uh, that's that's sidecar cross. Pretty wild. And that's the official name, yeah. And it's got an FIM. So FIM is sort of the uh, there's the FIA and the FIM. Mm-hmm. Uh, FIM's uh, four wheels and the FIA's two wheels. Three wheels apparently falls under the FIM. Wait, is so it the got, other way around? Uh, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. Yeah. I totally got that confused. Um. So yeah, it's got it's an official national series, the whole bit. Interesting. It's a it's a fully fledged racing subcategory. One little Which, thing that's kind of interesting is they're routing some of the powertrain components to the right of the sidecar person. Oh, what do like you mean? Like the, the mufflers, you know, rather than being next to the the bike, it's piped over to the right side of the sidecar person and the radiators are also moved i guess wonder if that's to help with weight probably because if you're if you're getting in the air you need to be you need able to be level yeah and i almost i think i see a shock um for the sidecar wheel in this picture i would have initially guessed that it had its own suspension yeah it'd be weird if it didn't i mean but the footage that I was watching wasn't immediately clear. Yeah. But you know what I didn't do? I didn't Google image it. So yeah, that's, that that's all smart. I'm doing right now is looking at different that different images. Anyway. So the next one uh, mm-hmm. is actually one that you and I have talked about and is actually far more popular than I ever would have guessed, which is just, it's just fantastic. Uh, super truck racing. Oh, dude. Uh, the European Truck Racing Championship, ETRC. ETRC? ETRC. Okay. And it is, uh, for for those, you know, imagine a, uh, not a, an American uh, 18-wheeler cab, but a, what what's referred to as a lorry. You mm-hmm. know, the, the European version, usually they have that sort of the flat face. Yeah. Um, so imagine a, a European lorry with no trailer. Mm-hmm. And they're racing these things on traditional racetracks. Mizano, Mugello, uh, Brno in the Czech Republic. You know, you name it. Yeah, yeah. And it's, I just imagine that somebody was, this is the type of racing that just, like the lawnmower thing, they were just like, fuck it, let's do this. Like, like this, we want to race and this is what we have. I think also part of this was somebody must have guessed, and they ended up being right in my opinion, uh, that this would be super exciting racing okay. it may not be the fastest racing ever but it's at least crazy exciting um, so let me, let me let me run down some of this well go ahead go ahead 
Oh, I was just going to say, when you look at some of these trucks on the track, it just does not look like correct as far as your typical thought no. of race cars or racing things on a track. Like you look at seeing this, them like, on the, the racetrack, seeing them on the racetrack is absurd. Like, cause they're just, their, pr- their presence is crazy. Yeah. Like this just cab hanging way over the front wheels <laughs> and then it's just nothingness <laughs> behind it. So and let me, uh, go ahead. They're typically the single axle in the rear, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Typically. Yeah. Yep. Uh, again, no trailer, and they are modified <laughs> to some extent. Oh, or actually, I'm, I'm maybe sure. a ton of extent. Probably a ton. But, but they're still. <laughs> one of the funniest parts for me was they're still using the same basic, same basic diesel engines. So they're using diesel fuel as race fuel. That's crazy. Which is pretty hilarious. And they. Um, Dude, the things are nutty looking. They, they spit that those diesel fumes that we're all aware of. They spit those out on the track. Yeah, it's not the most. Co- uh quite a volume probably the opposite of um formula e as far as <laughs> racing goes i, I would know. imagine the direct opposite yes. yeah so some specs on these and then some notes about the footage because again who, whoever thought of this must have thought that these things were going to be exciting and i think that they are for a couple of reasons so they are thirteen thousand cc engines hmm. that's 13 liters yep they usually, uh, well, they're allowed to have, I imagine you'd be crazy not to have one. Uh, they have a turbocharger, mm-hmm. 1,200 average brake horsepower. Sweet. Uh, 550 newton meters of torque. Their max RPM is 3,000. Whew, diesel. Which is crazy low yeah. for a race vehicle. And... Uh, the average consumption is 100 liters per kilometer. I'm sorry, that's crazy. 100 yeah. liters per 100 kilometers. So okay. one liter per kilometer of oh. biodiesel, actually, specifically. Oh, they're using biodiesel. They're using biodiesel. So good on them. That's interesting, yeah. So uh, actually, if you wouldn't mind pulling up real quick, I didn't do this. Uh, pull up a kilometer to miles per hour conversion. So zero to a hundred, which is roughly zero to sixty-six, I think. No, that's not. Yeah, right. it's uh, sixty-two. Sixty-two. Uh, so zero to sixty-two, five seconds, which is wow. actually wow. That's pretty, that's pretty fast. Their top speed, which is limited by the organization, is one hundred and sixty kilometers. I think that's like hundred miles an hour. Yeah, ninety-nine. Yeah, it's basically. That's basically 100. Yeah. So they're limited to 100. Mm-hmm. So those are those are some rough specs. They've got uh, ventilated disc brakes that they... Uh... What do they weigh? Oh, thank you. Uh, I actually had that. Where did I put that? Um... Oh, shoot. If you Google that real quick, you'll probably find it. Um, I thought I had written that down. My apologies. I copied the text. Uh, I copied see. the text specs. It was like five thousand kilograms or something. Uh, da, 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 da. Not not light. Uh, so while you're looking at that, um, five thousand five hundred kilograms. Yeah, which is what? Uh, let's see. So the braking since the braking system uses compressed air instead of braking uh, fluid mm-hmm. and. They spray water on the brakes 
in the middle of the race. They have a 200 liter water tank on the truck that's, that sprays water on the brakes to cool them down. That's kind of fascinating. Pretty wild, right? So that tells me they, they got out onto the track with these things. And after a while, they're like, all right, we keep blowing up these brakes. What are we going to do about this? Yeah, and they did yeah. one freaking did one lap, lap. And they were like, oh, shit, the brakes are on fire. <laughs> um, so Wow, that's uh, 12. Oh, wait, hang on, hang on. Yeah, 550 kg. No, it was 5,000. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. 5,500. 5, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I dropped to zero. Is that really true? Because that's 12,000 pounds. Yeah, that, that's about right, actually. Uh, I saw a picture of the engine out of the truck. Yeah. The en- the engine alone is like 3,000 pounds. I don't know exactly how much, but it, the thing is huge. Yeah. The thing's absolutely massive. Um, that's so cool. That must be so such a, couple- a crazy, like, just from the driver's perspective, you're so high up and just that view from... <laughs> So many things about it must be absurd. (laughs) Right. So some some thoughts when I I watch the footage and uh, some footage of this stuff. So one, the trucks still beep when they back up, which I thought was hilarious. (laughs) Hey, safety's Uh, key. Hell yeah. So as I said, they're still burning diesel, but uh, Mm biodiesel. That's cool. Uh, A decent amount of rear end drifting, as you might imagine, because there's no weight. No weight. Yeah, that's true. Basically, the transmission is decently in the rear if you look at the engine you know and it sort of follows traditional engine design so there is some weight over the rear wheels but definitely not a lot um comparative comparatively speaking yeah i wonder what the weight distribution is um they appear to have absurd braking abilities these things (laughs) stop so hard that's so cool all the weight is over the front yeah i mean that's where all happens so all the weights over the front, they have these crazy brakes on that are water and air cooled. Dude, the footage of these things breaking, I just, it was, it was insane. It almost doesn't and make so sense. And so combined with the intense braking, they corner like madmen. <laughs> they go around these corners so hard because the weight, as long as you don't let the rear end go, these things corner way better than you ever would have expected. I was watching this with my jaw on the floor. Like I was so impressed by their cornering abilities. Like you, awesome. see, you see this thing going around like the Mizano racetrack, which my favorite motorcycles go around. And it's, it's just, it's just completely absurd. Hey, I want to know more about these trucks. They sound so the racing itself has lots of bumping and bashing the things are huge it's just gonna (laughs) happen the crashes are spectacular yeah um it's it's honestly some of the most entertaining racing the the races tended to get a little uh spread out like a lot of times i was seeing one guy was like nailing it it wasn't the same guy every time or actually or gal uh last year a woman, uh, fourth position overall. So, hmm. pretty sweet there. Um, and they do a rolling start. Really? Yep, rolling start. They don't huh. start, you know, from a dead stop on the finish line like like a lot of other things do. That's interesting. I wonder why that is. Uh, probably because the acceleration of these things from a dead stop is probably like watching grass grow. Yeah, well, I want, I want to know... 
what their gearbox is too, exactly actually. because if they're still running like some crazy 13 speed box or something then yeah it's gonna take forever to just get going so <laughs> let's just start in fifth gear or something <laughs> um so yeah that was uh oh and then uh the last bit on the last bit at least i prepared for this um so one track where i was pretty sure they were using the I know they're going the same direction, and I'm pretty confident they were using the same layout. Uh, so if you imagine uh, the Mazzano racetrack in Italy, uh, so the MotoGP bikes, which uh, are the prototype Yamaha, prototype Honda, like the fastest motorcycles in the world. You can't yeah. go buy one. They're like a million and a half dollars each to build. Uh, they lap the uh, Mazzano circuit in 1 minute 32 seconds. One These trucks... Do it in two minutes three seconds, so that's thirty seconds slower. Which to me, not bad. Hmm. Not bad at all, as far as I'm concerned. Because one, they yes, they have four wheels, so they they just inherently, uh, all things being equal, uh, let's say a MotoGP bike just can't corner as well as an F1 car. Yeah. Even though you know it's just the 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 downforce and the wheels and all that just or I'm sorry, the, the, the extra tires and contact to the road and all that, you just can't help it. But for these things to be lapping within 30 seconds of the fastest motorcycles in the world, it's not a, a useful comparison at all. But Yeah, I was going to uh, say, I would like to know compared to like, I don't know. Something. I tried to find like something else that's more relevant. I yeah. suppose I could find, I could have found, uh, well, let's just look at the Mizano circuit lap times. I mean, you're probably, I just, not, I you're pick, probably not going to get the, uh, you know, the time of like a stock 18-wheeler going around no, there. No, <laughs> no. But um, if I could find maybe like, well, like a Porsche or something's just going to fucking destroy them. Oh, God. But not as fast no. as the, uh, um, the bikes you're talking about. No. Uh but still, and and I suppose I picked that because that's just what um, what I know personally. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's again, it's not a useless, or it's a pretty useless comparison, but that's okay. So I think they're running five-speed sequential boxes. Oh damn! Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I don't really think any of the any aspect of these things, other than like the proportions, are something you're going to get on the road, obviously. Um, one note that I saw said that the engines and the overall power of the car is roughly, of the truck is roughly two and a half to two times mm -hmm. that of its road legal counterpart. Yeah. Well, regardless, these things are pretty freaking cool. Yeah. I was pretty pumped to, to watch these things. It's seriously go, go, watch some stuff on YouTube. Yeah, I'm going uh, to. They've got, they've got some professional highlight. You know, it's professionally done. Mm -hmm. And it's awesome. It's a real racing league. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Um, so some other honorable mentions in the world of ridiculous racing. I already talked about the lawnmower racing mm -hmm. a little bit. Um, people might not be so surprised to hear that uh, here in America. Uh, it was actually started over in Europe, uh, but has, has since really found that. its... Yeah, it's since really found its home here in, in America. 
um, the Northwest Lawn Mower Racing Association <laughs> has okay. a couple of classes. Um, you have standard class, which is literally, other than removing the blade, you've done nothing to your lawnmower. Whoa. Just straight up 10 miles an hour max speed limit. Like you can race and mow in the same day with the same mower. Yep. <laughs> Group one. <laughs> this is the most absurd thing ever. Group one is an unmodified push mower. What? That you run behind. No way. Way. <laughs> Come on. So uh, if you uh, NWLM, actually here I'll I'll send you the. Yeah, I think I think I'm on Northwest Lawnmower. Okay. Yeah. And then and then click on uh, click on events. Uh, there was like be a racer, so you want to be a, a racer. Of course. Is on is in there somewhere. So group one, the the their list they listed as oh, for the more athletic racer. An on an unmodified lawnmower originally designed to cut domestic grass, <laughs> self-propelled or either roll, self-propelled and either roller or wheel driven. So it sounds like you can have, you know, how you can pull on that thing and and the lawnmower will drive yeah. itself a little bit. Yeah. So it sounds like that's there. Dude, they're wearing helmets. They're wearing helmets. <laughs> designed to either walk or, if you're up for it, run behind. So literally racing. A push mower. I don't. I don't know. This is fascinating. So, but interestingly, two, that lawnmower that they're showing. I mean, that thing's got some like. Freaking, they put some fresh wheels on it. Yeah, it's got like go kart tires on the front, which is what's used later on the go kart tires. So, group two. I don't really understand. Uh, yeah, what the hell? It's it's imagine a go kart uh, frame and mm -hmm. go kart bucket seat. But on the front, rather than wheels, is basically a, a snow sled. And the engine is also up front, too. So you've got two wheels in the back behind the driver. You've got the driver sitting in his bucket seat on a go-kart frame. And then in front of him is the engine and basically what's the front of, like, a bobsled. Or not a bobsled. Uh, yeah, it's – I think it's – part of a lawnmower just grafted onto this go-kart frame. That's what I would assume, but I think I there don't... are wheels in there under that box. I think that box uh, is for catching grass. Okay. And that just okay. kind of gives it a distinct look. But it's a heavily modified lawnmower oh, in the yeah. sense that the, the lawnmower's original frame is gone. Dude, it says this freaking death trap's going to do 30 to 40 miles an hour. <laughs> I know. What? <laughs> That's crazy fast. That's scary. Uh, group two, uh, uh, group two. So that was group two roller, yeah. and then there's group two wheels, which appears to be the same idea. Basically, a lawnmower engine and other bits put into a go kart frame. These guys do thirty-five to forty-five. Group three is getting closer to more what you. You might imagine you is the logical endpoint of <laughs> uh, of lawnmower racing. Unbonneted lawnmowers designed to cut grass for domestic purposes alongside the Group Four machines. These are deemed the fastest racing lawnmowers, reaching speeds of forty to fifty miles an hour. So these are basically lawnmowers that have their. Usually, I was reading somebody a guide. Somebody mm -hmm. somebody did like a how to, 
And so people are buying like 1970s, 1980s lawnmowers and they're stripping them down for mm-hmm. this group. And like taking off the body panels and stuff. Taking off the body panels and all that. The bonnet, uh, I guess. They're beefing up the frames because these things have no suspension and they're often raced on dirt courses. So the frames got to absorb everything, which means your ass <laughs> kills at the end of the day. Lower that tire pressure. <laughs> <laughs> so these are uh, also the steering and the brakes all have basically the, you can't just, if you do anything to the lawnmower, which you do to have to get it to go 40 miles an hour. Yeah. Uh, you can't just do something to the engine. You've got to do the brakes. You've got to do the frame. You've got to do the steering. Uh, they, like I said earlier, they generally go out and get professional go-kart tires as their tires. Yeah. And then finally group four, um, which is sort of the, the, the pretty version of it where it's, it's a hopped up lawnmower, but it also looks, it keeps all its original body paneling. Right. And whatnot. It so it, so like... it looks the part. It looks the part. Yeah. And so I watched a little bit of footage of these guys, the guys that are doing 40 to 50, mm-hmm. when they get on it on these dirt courses, I mean, they're fully drifting these things. Like, Dude, this could actually be, like, I can understand this becoming popular because if you're really into racing, it's a little intimidating to think about getting into it just for cost reasons. Well, so the story of its creation was a bunch of guys in England were like, I want to race F1 or whatever is way too expensive. Mm-hmm. We've we've got these lawnmowers. Let's race let's, them. Let's just do it. That's literally as far as they went, Dude. or as far as they thought. So, is there limitations on like what you can? There's engine size limits uh, depending on which be, league yeah. you're in. Yep, like 250 cc class, the 300 cc class, that kind of stuff. All the, some of the, yeah, it's a it's a. I mean, their website's not the worst thing ever. So it tells me that. They've got a little bit of money. The next meeting is in 58 days, 5 hours, and 47 minutes. This is great. It's pretty awesome. Uh, so, well, actually, we can spend another moment on, on lawnmowers. I mean, a of I just feel like... mentions. I feel like you... I don't know. I'd rather build a go-kart, I guess. Something a little more purpose yeah something that's going to just perform better as a racing vehicle but i'll tell you what i want to do though i want to go to one of these and i want to watch group one i want to watch the guys that are running behind yeah what is that all about is that (laughs) i have no idea but they're i mean they have a picture of it actually happening so true seems like it might be real but i don't believe until i see it I'm trying to see if there's results for Group 1 on their website because they have all the oh, results. But Oh, Group 1 hilarious. Championship 2016. <laughs> okay. What's our, uh, what's our esteemed champion's name? All right. Daz, actually... <laughs> Daz Whitehead. Okay, these are... These <laughs> wait, are a second, wait a second. Wait. These are... You're going to say it. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, these are not real names. Like, they can be, it looks like, but... All right, there are five people who raced. Uh, or at least there's five Are positions. you looking at 2016? Yeah. Okay, I'm looking at 2017. Uh, Daz retained his title. Whoa. And it looks to be a hard-fought battle against his only competitor, Richard Salt. <laughs> uh, 
And actually, if I have that right, did they only compete in one race? I believe I have that race correct. Race one total, race one total. Oh, it looks like <laughs> one race, at least the one I'm looking at, is one race per... Um, per track or per meet? Per meet, yeah. So, like, they raced, they did one group or one race on, uh, looks like, June 18th. Another one on June nineteenth, and on June twenty fifth, June twenty sixth. Oh, okay. Um, Those dates along the top. Yeah, so something happened in twenty seventeen. Then either either they just didn't update the website because I clicked on the twenty seventeen Group One Championship, and oh, there's yeah, I one. See that. Yeah, there's one. Oh race. yeah, yeah, sure is. All right, well that's good that they had multiple races. Huh. So yeah, that's lawnmower racing. Pretty fantastic. Yeah. Recommend everybody go check out some uh, some videos of these things. Yeah, the truck racing and the lawnmower racing are... Actually, all three of them mm-hmm. are pretty fantastic. Mm-hmm. So some other honorable mentions that I didn't end up fleshing out. There's a 24 Hours of Lemons race. Lemons. L-E capital M-O-N-S. Yeah, I've thought about that one before. I think we should try to enter it one day. But this is a take on the famous 24 Hours of Le Mans which is uh, they go to this French racetrack and they race for 24 hours straight. Yep. This one is the same idea, but the car has a maximum dollar limit of 500. Yep. So you, you buy a car for maybe $400, you do $100 worth of stuff to it. Mostly roll cage just... and buy a helmet. <laughs> yep, <laughs> pretty much. And you basically, basically, I imagine the limiting factor is does your car last? Yeah, I would think so. Um, That's probably, yep. And I think any amount, like you can show up with a more expensive car, but you're penalized in some way. Um, and I Why believe depending on how much more it is, it's it's significant to the point where it's not worth it. So they really they do their best to keep it under that limit. Uh in America, I think primarily is the only, or the, I suppose the only spot I found it. Uh, there's trailer racing, so imagine, uh, imagine a truck on a dirt oval. So like a take a NASCAR oval and shrink it way down to a dirt oval. That's usually a mile in length or, mm-hmm. or less. Um, and imagine a Ford Bronco towing a camper trailer. Oh shit! That type of trailer. Uh, Yep, that kind of trailer. <laughs> and they are swinging these things around. <laughs> and it's I didn't I didn't get to watch t- any footage on this one. Um I probably should have actually. Um but I, I read a little bit about it and it's just as absurd as you might imagine. I mean, they're smacking into each other. They're It's just it's just total, you know, we have these trucks, we have these trailers. We're not going to do anything else with them. Let's race them. Uh, there's Seen. actually another trailer race where the an ambulance is used as the towing vehicle. I don't, I don't understand. What? Yeah, that was a weird one. Um, where are, where is that taking place? Uh, on the streets of some city, actually. <laughs> uh, I don't. Uh, here we go. Oh, there's a Spike TV. It was a Spike TV program called Carpocalypse. Oh, interesting. It's called the Ambulance Chain Race. It's a race between vehicles towing other vehicles behind them on chains. 
That doesn't sound that enjoyable. Hel- held on a circular track. No, it didn't last very long. Yeah. No, it didn't last very long at all. Shocking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one I'm not surprised. No. And then some other kind of, uh, not so much motor racing, but uh, there's a, a a bed race in North, North Yorkshire. Uh, basically, they build a bed on wheels. And That's like what actually... Ed China is known for. Yeah, exactly. The great Ed China, by the way. Uh, yes. If you don't know who that is, Google that shit because it's the greatest. Um, be ready to want to change your hairstyle. Yep. And be way taller than you are. <laughs> <laughs> um, Damn, the bed I runs on four taller. wheels, but it also must be able to float because the final obstacle in the three-kilometer race is... They have to cross a river just before the finish line. Whoa, that's interesting. Yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. Somebody's in the bed as well, as you might imagine. Sure, definitely. Got a pilot. <laughs> Why wouldn't you be? Yeah. Uh, there's a horse race found only in Japan, and it requires a draft horse to pull a weighted sled up sand ramps with a jockey on the back. Now, I brought this one up because I was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> this horse... So horse racing, depending on your point of view, is bad enough, right? You're whipping this horse to make it go as fast as possible. But the Japanese, or someone, maybe not, and I shouldn't generalize to the whole culture, but somebody was like, you know what? Put that sled on them and then cover the track in like two feet of sand. Yeah, our horses aren't working hard enough. Yeah. So that race, uh, the B-A-N apostrophe E-I, I Ben I, Ben Yi, maybe. Um, that only exists in Japan. Uh, by 2007, most of the tracks are shut down, and it's uh, it's definitely waning in popularity. Hmm. The horses are expected to carry any anywhere between 450 kilograms to one ton on their sleds. So oh, these shit. horses are hauling a fuckload of weight. Yikes. And then the final honorable mention is uh, the Compass Cup Cow Races. This one's absolutely absurd because 24 untrained cows are selected (laughs) that morning of the race, and they're just put into the race. They have nowhere to go. They don't know where to go. They're not trained. (laughs) Bunch of confused cows. It's just a bunch of confused cows. Some (laughs) of the cows don't even move. Some go in circles. And it's it's just a it's just chaos. Uh, Like, how do they try to get them to race each other? They they really don't. They don't. Uh, So it's there's only one version of this race. It's contested in Australia. Twenty four cows are that are used are picked. That morning, mm-hmm. each cow has a rider and oh. is also is also accompanied by four supporting crew <laughs> uh, who help them stay mounted because I don't believe they have any sort of saddle or any, I couldn't find a picture, but I don't think they have any saddle or anything. Um, what kind of cows are you able to ride? Is that, uh, is that doable pretty, with uh, like a regular yeah, cow? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. I would think so. Uh track is 60 meters long so that tells you how i just i'm trying to think of there's got to be a picture i, I mean not only is this 
weird for the cows, but like, what are people getting out of this? Uh, just the spectacle of the cows and the riders not having any clue of what to do. It's just fun to. Yeah, it's 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 described as a. It's like an event that you would find uh, at a particular, like a state fair or something. Mm-hmm. It's it's not, it's not an actual. I gotcha. You definitely get some interesting pictures on Google when you do uh, cow racing. I was just going to say, I did not search properly at all. I wonder. I must have just been on the one website. But yes, they do not have saddles. Uh, the cows do not look pleased. <laughs> and yeah, they're riding what I guess I would describe as normal dairy cows, I guess. What are these cows no. normally used for? Just... I would assume dairy or meat. I'm, I'm not yeah. a, okay. a bovine expert, but... <laughs> So, yeah, that's my list. That's awesome. Well done. Good list. Thank you. It was, uh, it was, and there's way more out there, too. People get bored really yeah, man. easily. I mean, you can race anything, and it's always fun. Yep. As long as the competition's level. Except for maybe the 10-mile-per-hour lawnmowers. That, that, I'll be honest, doesn't sound. I'd rather, put, I'd rather run the push mower race. That's true. That's true. That does sound <laughs> a little frustratingly slow. Like there's just no room there to do anything. Right, right. How are you? <laughs> how are you gonna pass someone if you're doing nine and a half? Yeah, and they're doing ten. Right, they're doing take, ten. Like take three laps. <laughs> Your window of opportunity is very small. <laughs> so yeah, all right. Awesome. Well, thanks for sticking hey. around, everybody. Yep. Yeah.